0: Welcome back to the Dynasty Tailgate Podcast, a college football podcast getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. We are in college football season, which has just been a long time coming. Football has been been bearing down on us for I don't know how long now, but this is just very exciting to be back and better than ever, ready to talk about players that are going to get all of us ready for the 2024 draft. Now we do this every year. We break down the uh, positions one by one. Uh, the quarterback preview is already up. Caleb Williams looks like the guy. We got Drake May, Michael Penix. They dropped the senior bowl watch list, which is very exciting because like six or seven, almost all of the people I'm watching, we're already watching on that list are going to be at, the, or could be at the senior bowl. There's only six spots. Um, and we will have to see where they land. Um, as far as invites go, but that'll be exciting to watch. Uh, we covered running backs, very, very strong running back class. I know that it seems like that's said every single year, and every single year we only end up with like two or three. Um, but I'm, I'm kind of hopeful for this class. I think there's a couple guys that could be featured down, you know, featured backs um, for seasons to come. But today we are going to talk about the 2024 rookie wide receiver class. Now, I am not going to lie to you. I'm not overly excited for this class. There is some very, very bright lights at the top, but once you get past the the the, the top build actors, we're getting into some some B list, C list type people here, um, and that's okay. That's all right. You know, when you go see a Liam Neeson movie you're there for Liam Neeson you're not necessarily there for you know the random bad guy that he beats up in an alleyway you're there for Liam Neeson doing all of that work so luckily there is a very very bright light at the top however we're going to have to work through this season getting some of these other guys maybe up the list a little bit further so uh, I am excited for this class we're going to get into it in one second but you know as we always do we got to tell you Right. welcome 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 in thank you for spending the next 25 to 30 minutes with me finding out what wide receivers need to be jotted down you know just a little little scribbles in a notebook Um, as you're watching on College Football Saturdays, just guys that you could be like, oh, I know that name, or like, oh, I knew that person, or like, oh, I've heard that name mentioned. Um, That's what we're doing here. We're just giving out some names just so everybody's aware of who you need to be paying attention to so that when you're going through your actual dynasty season potentially, you will know who you are drafting with the 102, the 104, the 106. These are the guys that you will be drafting in those positions. So without further ado, let's get to the top because this – is literally the best wide receiver that we've had, you know, prospect wise, probably since Jamar Chase. I would say this guy is quite a bit different as far as the actual like profile. Um, Jamar Chase was a field stretcher and our number one wide receiver on the list today from the University of Ohio State or Ohio State University. It's probably how I should have said that. And that is Marvin Harrison Jr. Now, he is the son of the Colts legend Marvin. Harrison, we all well, well, we all remember exactly how good he was. If you are of a certain age, I am in my 30s, so of course I remember the Peyton Manning to Marvin Harrison connection. Um, it was literally a cheat code in fantasy for years and years back in the late 2000s. But if you don't remember, Marvin Harrison was a fantastic receiver in the NFL. He played for the Colts with Peyton Manning. It was him, Reggie Wayne, and Dallas Clark, I believe, and then Peyton Manning, and those teams were incredible. We always enjoyed watching them. So, what happens is he has a kid. His name's Marvin Harrison Jr., and now he is a junior at the uh, at Ohio State, and he is going to be the number one wide receiver in this class. There is a good chance he's going to be one of the top two players selected in the NFL draft. We have not had a player like I said since. Jamar Chase, that profile is quite like this. Um, I would say my comp straight off the bat is A.J. Green. That's kind of what I'm thinking he kind of looks like. He's 6'3", 200 pounds. Um, You would like him to be a little bulked up, but believe me, watch him play. He is a literal wide receiver from the NFL that's playing on a college football team right now. Um, Last year, now, I I have a two-part – answer to last year's statistical season for Marvin Harrison Jr. So we'll get to the good and not bad, but maybe could have affected things. So last year, 77 catches, 1,200 yards, 14 touchdowns um, through the air. Look, it was nothing short of magnificent. It was a great year. Now, this isn't bad. I'm not going to go out and say bad. I would just say a caveat, caveat, caveat. Caveat? The word escapes me. I think it's caveat, though. Jackson Smith and Jigba was in hurt for the entire season for Ohio State. Like, he played a couple of games, but he wasn't really out there. So, what does that mean for Marvin Harrison Jr.? It certainly doesn't feel like it takes away anything. But at the same time, with JSNs out there, does that make the stats look a little different? Like, who knows? I don't know how to – accurately predict that. I can't tell you how it would have gone because I, you know, nobody knows. So we can only go off what we saw. That's like, that's the rule that we're going by with all of these college players. We can only go off what we see. And that's why I was always scared about Jason going into last year's draft because we can only go off what we see. And what we saw from him was only what happened in 2021. We not didn't see anything from 2022. So how could you grade him as a, a top first round wide receiver when you don't know, and that's kind of kind of how it played out. He still went in the 20s, so it didn't affect him too much, but could have been potentially a top-10 guy. Garrett Wilson was, and Jason had a better year than he did, the year that Garrett Wilson went number 10 overall. So back to what we're looking for this season. So Marvin Harrison Jr. has a new quarterback in Kyle McCord coming in. Um, It's going to be interesting to see how different Kyle McCord is with Marvin Harrison than C.J. Stroud was. I mean, C.J. Stroud was a top five quarterback going into the NFL draft in April. And now we got Kyle McCord, who, you know, wet behind the ears, as the old folks say, and hasn't really, you know, we haven't gotten to see what he's going to look like out there just yet. So, look. Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to make anybody better. I'm not going to lie. I have thrown some money on Marvin Harrison Jr.'s uh, Heisman odds just because I think, A, Ohio State's going to be amazing this season, and, B, if they are good, it's going to be solely of the fact that Marvin Harrison Jr. literally put the entire team on his 6'3", 200-pound back and just carried them all the way to the playoffs. And just on the sheer thought alone, I think, what, I think he's going to go um, and be amazing this season. I, I don't really need to see much more. This is kind of the JSN thing. Like, JSN in 2021, I don't really need to see any more. Now, I don't love that he sat out the entire season with an injury. I was kind of hoping to see a little bit more than that. But, you know, whatever. This is the number one guy in the class, and that's not going to change. Um, there is, like, you know, sometimes at the positions, like, JSN going in and, like so, – this this is not gonna like there's not gonna be a battle back and forth between him and number two. He is going to be number one, it's just a matter of how high he's gonna go in the draft. And as far as your dynasty rookie drafts go, you're gonna if you want to secure Marvin Harrison Jr., you better get that number one or number two pick because you're not gonna get like a, a chance any later than that. <laughs> like, he's gonna go that high, and even in super flex, he's gonna go that high. I promise you that we have not seen. A wide receiver like this, like I've been saying, since Jamar Chase. And, look, I think even the, the hype about Marvin Harrison Jr. is still higher, you know, even going into this season. So, that's number one. And, look, I can't be more excited than to see what Marvin Harrison Jr. does going into this season. Okay, number two. This is going to be kind of a controversial pick out there in the Debbie Streets. I know that a lot of people aren't sure um, about – this guy, and it's because he's going to be overshadowed by number one. And my pick for number two is going to be Emeka Abuka from Ohio State. Look, I don't want to lie. I'm not going to lie to anyone here. He is behind Marvin Harrison Jr. in the pecking order. That cannot be – um That cannot be denied. I I don't know exactly what we're going to see from Amika Abuka this season. I'm hoping for the best at Ohio State. Um, He's got the same issue, quote unquote, that uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. does. He's got a new quarterback coming in that Kyle McCord Look, I mean, he was really good last year. Even behind him, um, still had 1,100 yards, 70, 74 catches, um, 10 touchdowns. He was great last season, and he's going to be playing second fiddle to Marvin Harrison Jr. But I don't. I just have a hard time saying that that's going to keep him away from being a, to, a first round pick. I still think he could be. Look, like th- this is the, the Ohio State problem of normal. They had, two years ago, Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave both got drafted in the first round of the draft. I think we're going to have a similar situation this year with both of those guys. I think they're both going to get drafted in the first round of the draft. And although he's not going to go as high, potentially this means his landing spot might be better. A lot of people have been saying Marvin Harrison Jr. could end up with like the Cardinals, Cardinals. Um, potentially like the Rams, something like somebody who's going to need a wide receiver at the top of the draft, Texans possibly. Um, but if you're going to go a little bit later, if you're going to go in the 11, 12, 13 range, you could end up at a really good place anyway. Like that is the the beauty of going a little bit later. Chris Olave ended up with the Saints, and look, it benefited him quite a bit last season. He had a really good season, even though that team wasn't necessarily good he was able to spread his wings. So I'm excited. This Ohio State offense is going to be a force this season. Really, the quarterback is the only question. But then again, we had the same thing when they were going to C.J. Stroud. Like, we we didn't know what that meant. How is it going to be? Like, um, you know, is it going to be as good? Like, we didn't know any of that. And now we do. It's going to be, I think, a similar situation. So cannot wait to see him. That is number two. On number three, and that is Rome Odunze. I hope I'm saying that correctly. Odunze from Washington. 6'3", 200 pounds. Um, Look, this dude is a monster. I think he looks like A.J. Brown, if I could be honest, just from seeing his highlights. He's got Michael Penix Jr. coming back. This will be his fourth year because he did do the redshirt – season on in 2020 last year 75 catches 1100 yards seven touchdowns i i just i am overly impressed with what i've seen from rome adunze and i think that he is going to be like one of those guys that, that sneaks up the board now like i said i believe that he looks like aj brown a little bit he's got one of those like wiggles about him that like he's a big guy but he can get around and away from his defender his route running is just it's just special to watch i mean he stutter steps, keeps the gets the guy going the wrong way makes everybody look foolish i, I mean i'm a huge fan of a dunze going into the season and washington between washington and usc and oregon i mean they're gonna be these are gonna be some games this season folks like i know pac-12 is kind of a joke and it's always kind of been kind of a joke but if this is their last ride at the conference, which I'm pretty sure it is, this is an amazing last ride. Like, there are so many good teams this season for them. And um, I think, like, he's got a big season ahead of him that is going to end up making him special. So, cannot wait to see what O'Dunze does this season. And I'm, you know, Washington's going to be a team to watch the whole year. Their offense is going to be high flying. And it's going to be that Penix to O'Dunze connection that really keeps it going. Okay. On to Xavier Worthy, number four. He plays for Texas. 6'1", 160 pounds. I would love to get that checked because 160 pounds is very, very light for a wide receiver. Um, He's quite the burner as well. Now, here is what I want to talk about when it comes to Texas. They suck at player development. Not that the player doesn't come out all right, but, like, in the season, they don't always look as good as they are. And Xavier Worthy is a perfect, perfect example of this. Now, you could argue B. John Robinson was a perfect example of this last year. He still had a pretty good season, though. Xavier Worthy, on the other hand, 60 catches, 760 yards, nine touchdowns. In Texas was a tire fire. I mean, the year before, sixty-two catches, nine hundred yards, twelve touchdowns. Much better as a freshman than he was as a reg or as a sophomore. But look, I'm just here to tell you he is really, really good at football. Now he's coming in short and little, quote unquote, which last in this last draft cycle was every wide receiver's mo. The problem with this year is you got everybody that's like 6'2 or above. Marvin Harrison 6'3. Roman Dunze is 6'3. Ameka Bukas I think, 6'2. And then you got Xavier Worthy, who's 6'1", 160 pounds. I hope he, you know, I hope that he can put on some weight. Maybe he can drench his clothes in some water before he weighs at the Combine. Um, or just bulks up. Texas, you, just, you have a multi-million dollar, uh, multi-million dollar gym. Let's get my man in there and get him some muscle put on, please, because we cannot have him be 160 going in the combine. Look, I think Texas is going to be good this year. I don't know how good because they just lost literally Roshan Johnson and Bison Robinson. So exactly how does that make you better? I don't know. But Xavier Worthy is a guy that should be on everyone's watch list this year. I think, like I kept saying, he is – one of the best wide receivers in this class. I mean, he just, uh, his ability to catch the ball downfield is I wouldn't say second to none, but it makes him a very special prospect going into this class. And one that I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to uh, quite a bit, not exactly looking forward to Texas this season as everyone on this podcast knows. And if you don't, I'm just going to let you know. Now I'm an OU fan. So, Watching Texas struggle year after year is one of my favorite things to do. But, you know, they are putting out some good players. I mean, I'm, I'm a fan of Bijan. I can't, I can't lie. So, um, yeah, we'll see going forward. All right, on to number five. That is Malik Neighbors from LSU. He's been there. This will be his third year there. He is a junior. Last year, 72 uh, receptions, 1,000 yards receiving, three touchdowns. I will say that last year was a bit of a transition year because the year before that was a dumpster fire. Last year they bring in Brian Kelly. Uh, They were quite a bit better than a lot of people thought. Malik Neighbors overshadowed Kayshawn Booty, which was what we thought was going to be one of the wide receiver, like two or three going into the draft night last year. He ends up not even getting drafted, which is just bonkers. You could not have convinced us. Believe me, go back and listen to the first podcast of last, you know, the preview podcast for last year. And the wide receiver podcast was about, you know, Kayshawn Booty. Could he be number one? Could he work his way up into the top spot over Jackson Smith and Jigba? That stuff, that, the conversations were happening. There was definitely a case to be made. However, it didn't work out and Kayshawn Booty doesn't even get drafted and he might not even make the team for the Patriots. Which is just not at all what I would have thought. I still think he could be a good NFL player. He just hasn't had the chance to show it yet, I guess, because he, you know, is an undrafted player. So that's kind of frustrating. There might have been some off the field incidents too. Um, we did go over that as well. There was a chance he might have even come back to college this year, but it sounds like LSU booted him out, which was very interesting. But Keishawn Booty's in the past. Malik Mabers is in the now. Look, Jalen. Jalen Daniels is going to have a good season this year. Um, I think this LSU team is going to be a surprise again. I think they're going to take another step up. Don't know if they're going to win the SEC West. I still think Alabama – got to beat Alabama to be the best in the SEC West. And I just don't know – you know, don't know how Alabama is going to be this year because they don't exactly have enough talent. There's a reason we've gone through quarterbacks. We've gone through running backs. We didn't mention Alabama running back, mind you. But – Wide receivers, like, we're, we're going through all these lists. Alabama, there's nowhere really to be found. And, at, you know, they're they're having a, a talent problem. They did just lose a quarterback and a running back, and they both were first-rounders. One was first overall. So don't want to knock them too much. But still, you'd think Alabama, they don't rebuild, they reload, or whatever they like to say. Um, but Malik labors. Six one eighty eight pounds again, that is kind of the knock on him is that while he is special, not exactly a touchdown king, but you know he's not exactly a you know top of the line top guy either. i do think he could potentially it's going to be a boomer bust. he's either going to prove us right that he is the top five wide receiver that we think he is or he's not two options we'll see what happens on a number six. And that is Johnny Wilson from Florida state. Look, I'm not going to lie to you. He is six, seven, 135 pounds. Um, I went and saw Florida state play uh, Louisville last year. Believe me. He looks like a monster out there. There is a literal giant running around playing wide receiver and he moves like one, two. Now I'm curious if they will classify him as a tight end going in at the next level. I, He's 6'7". Like, he probably should be playing basketball. I don't know what happened here, but he's a football player, and he plays wide receiver, which you just don't normally see. Uh, Last year, 43 catches, 897 yards, and five touchdowns. The the only thing is that he is a boom or bust player. Like, he's either going to have two catches for 150 yards and two touchdowns, or he's going to have three catches for 10 yards. Like, it's it, it's how it felt last year. Look, he's got a staggering 20-yard average last year, you know, 20 yards per catch last season. That is banana pants, and it's not something that is sustainable. I would – again, that does not profile as a tight end. That profiles as somebody who is a wide receiver. But the man is 6'7", 230 pounds. Like, I don't know who, who covers that. I don't – you know – don't know. Florida State is going to be a very fascinating team to watch this year. They're running it back with a lot of seniors. Johnny Wilson might be going to the senior bowl, which I cannot wait. Please, please, college football gods, let allow that to happen because I would love to interview him and see exactly what you know how we got to this point. How did we get to your six seven and you're playing wide receiver? That does not normally happen. That it doesn't, folks. I mean, I, I don't know how tall Megatron is. I'll see if I can pull it up real quick, but he was not 6'7. Um let's see, Calvin Johnson, let's go to height. He was 6'5. So this guy's two inches taller than Calvin Johnson, who was considered Megatron, who was a gigantic person in the league. Just think about that. This guy's taller than Calvin Johnson and he's playing wide receiver. I I don't know, I don't know. Don't know how to qualify this guy. So, going to be very interesting to see him at the next level. Um All right, we're going to get through uh, you know a couple of these other names. I know we're at the 22-minute mark and I usually like to start wrapping it up about now and we've only gone through six people. <laughs> but I I do think this is kind of where we we cut the line and then everyone else under this is kind of like a they could be good. But so I just want to go through a couple of these guys that like, while right now I'm not overly impressed with them. And I need to see more. This is kind of a make or break year. Either they make it or they go back to school. Um, I do want to mention them just so we have, you know, a nice list. So I'll do rapid fire. Ronda Gadsden from Syracuse. Look, Syracuse wide receivers aren't exactly ever guys that are heavily looked at for the NFL draft, but I think he might be able to guy that can get up in there. Uh, Troy Franklin from Oregon. Look, Bo Nix loves Troy Franklin. I liked him coming in from high school. Can't wait to see if he gets in there. Uh, Adane Mitchell, who transferred in from Georgia to Texas, um, you know, his off season from the transfer portal. Um, look, he was good in the playoffs and he was good in the championship game. I don't know how he's going to work next to uh, Malik uh, Xavier Worthy at Texas. I'm hoping for the best, but preparing for the worst because, as I said earlier, it's Texas. Dorian Singer from USC. Look, USC's got a lot of weapons. Caleb Williams is going to have to fall in love with one of them. If it ends up being Dorian Singer, I think he's got a good chance, which brings me to the next player, which is Mario Williams. Um, Came in from Oklahoma with Caleb Williams. They both transferred at the same time. Both of these guys could end up being, you know, top guys, like having a Jalen Hyatt-type season where they start off the season kind of off the map a little bit and then explode because they end up being Caleb Williams' favorite target. Or Makai Lemon, who just got in there. He's a freshman, five-star wide receiver, just got there. Maybe he ends up being Caleb Williams' favorite target. We're just not going to know yet. Uh, there's no Jordan Addison that transferred in to steal everything away from everyone. So this will be a year that we really get to uh, figure that out. Uh, Bo Collins from Clemson, big fan of Bo Collins, and the thing is, Cle- Clemson is going to be so much better last season, better this season. Uh, they bring in uh, offensive coordinator Garrett Riley from TCU. Um, TCU produced Quentin Johnston. Maybe Garrett Riley can do something like that for Bo Collins. That would be very special. Bo Collins doesn't really profile as good as Quentin Johnston did, so I don't want to make it a a direct one-to-one. But, look, a lot of players got drafted off TCU's offense. It was a big season for them. So, if anybody can do it, Garrett Riley can probably do it. Uh, Jacob Cowling from Arizona, he's kind of been one of these guys that's always like, oh, he's going to get drafted this year, and then he goes back to school. Oh, he's going to get drafted this year, and then he goes back to school. This is finally the year that Jacob Cowling's got to come out. Um, he profiles really well. I just we gotta see if he's he's gonna match up when we go do the combine and stuff. Will Shepard from Vanderbilt. Look, I know Vanderbilt's kind of a nightmare. Will Shepard is playing in Week Zero for Vanderbilt as well, so that's kind of exciting. I don't know if this podcast is gonna come out before week zero, so we'll kind of know either way if that was good or not. But Will Shepard is somebody I'm very interested in. Vanderbilt hasn't put out very many players that we've really paid attention to, so that'll be fun to see. Um, I'll just do two more. we got Ja'Cory Brooks from Alabama. Look, Alabama's wide receiver track record is not good lately. Let's put it that way. We had a really good couple-year run there. It was a lot of fun. We had a lot of laughs, but now we're kind of in the dog days of Alabama's wide receiver core, and we're kind of needing them to come back to uh, putting us out somebody that we can use. That would be a lot of fun. And then I just wanted to mention Antoine Wells from junior from South Carolina, Spencer Rattler. The, this is it. This is the, the, the last ride for Spencer Rattler had a very bizarre career um, out of Rattler so far. So Antoine Wells was his favorite guy last year. If Antoine Wells can be the, his guy this year, maybe he has one of these transcendent seasons that really brings these guys up to the forefront. Um, again, Kind of in wait-and-see mode. We'll we'll see. Um, but I just, you know, before we get out of here, just want to kind of go over the, the guys we actually know what they're going to be and they're going to get drafted versus what we don't. Like, I just want to draw the line. The line is Johnny Wilson. So Marvin Harrison, Jr., he's going to be a top-five draft pick in the NFL in 2024, April. Book it. Amika Edbuka is going to be a top 25 or top a first-round player in the draft. Don't know where yet. We're going to have to find that out. Rome Odunze, also going to be a first-round player. He's going to get drafted in the first round. Believe me, when you watch Rome play, you're going to understand he looks like A.J. Brown. Xavier Worthy for Texas. He is small and mighty, but he is a Jerry Judy-esque player. And I'm telling you, you're not going to understand it, but you're going to watch him and you're going to be like, Oh, yeah, 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 I get it. I understand completely. Malik Neighbors for LSU. LSU is going to have a good season this season, and Malik Neighbors is going to be a big part of that. There's a chance he falls in the second round, but I still have hope that he can find his way into the back half of the first. And then Johnny Wilson from Florida State, the man is 6'7", 230 pounds. There's going to be a GM out there that's going to fall head over heels in love with Johnny Wilson, and I cannot blame them because having a guy like that on your team – a guy that's bigger than Megatron. Maybe not as talented as Megatron. Well, not even maybe. He's not as talented as Megatron. But a weapon like that for any quarterback, it's going to be incredible. You just don't find guys like that with that kind of build and that kind of just get up and go. Because, look, he is a burner downfield too. The man is, like, I keep saying cyborg, but you just feel like they're made of machinery. and It just doesn't make any sense that... You know a guy's built like that, and I think he'll find his way in the first round as well. Everybody after that, we have a lot of question marks. We're gonna have like this season, we're gonna have to shake out some answers, and I, that's just the beauty of watching. Um, because this isn't necessarily my favorite wide receiver group. I don't want to go into the season promising everyone out there that this is it, this is the year. Because if you're not within those first five or six guys, seven guys, you're not, you're not it yet. So that's why we played the season, though, so we can have somebody come along and surprise us. Maybe I, somebody I don't even have listed here is going to end up being amazing. I hope that happens. That's what, that is literally why we do this, because I'm hoping that somebody that I don't have written down already is going to come out and really, really shock us. So very fun, very fun. Can't wait to get this season underway. We have defensive players and tight ends left. I might just punt on tight ends. There's only like four of them you probably need to know. And I don't even know if you need to need to know them yet. Like there's the one, there's Brock Bowers. He is literally a, you know, he's going to go in the first round of the draft probably within the top 10 picks. And then after that, you've got the Jonte, Jatavian Williams from Texas. And then after that, it's kind of a crapshoot. That's the tight end preview. Thank you for tuning. No, I'm just kidding. But seriously, I don't know if I need to spend a whole 30-minute episode on the tight ends. I do need to do defensive players, though. So that will be the following episode. It will probably come out next week. I believe this one should come out after week zero. Um, And if so, I hope you enjoyed week zero. I'm glad that you all tuned into this podcast. Thank you all. Please tune in this entire season. If you want to get ready for the 2024 NFL Draft, this is going to be one of the best sources that you have you're just going to hear me and possibly other people. I don't know. See if we can get anybody on the podcast. Me and other people just talk about the NFL draft, getting you ready and getting your names and having, you know who you're talking about come even January. You're going to be a way ahead of all of your league mates come April. You're going to be like, I know this person. I don't know this person. So um, that's the point of the podcast. So I hope that you all enjoyed and thank you for tuning in. Have a great rest